Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. The quartet's first presentation is a medley of three songs that express how the love of Jesus grows dearer and sweeter to the Christian with the passing of each day. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. sought me when I was lost in sin, of wondrous grace that brought me back to his fold again, of heights and depths of mercy far deeper than the sea, and higher than the heavens, my Jesus is dearer 
Heavenly Father, bless us, we pray, in this broadcast, as we bring to the minds of the people the solemn events that took place on the day of the cross. Help us to exalt Jesus. Bring, we pray, peace to the hearts of all listeners. In Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee, near to the heart of God. Miss Delker is answering many of your requests now as she sings, It Took a Miracle. My Father is omnipotent, on that you can rely, a God of might and is written in the sky. It took a miracle to put the stars in place. It took a miracle to hang the world in space. But when he said
Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, On the Day of the Cross. And that was a day unlike any other day before or since. It was a day of betrayal, a day of disappointment, a day of heartbreak. It was the day on which the sun was darkened at noon, a day on which the earth shook as though it trembled before the awful scene on Calvary. It was the day on which mankind, church and state, rejected the Son of God, the day on which he cried out in agony, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The day on which his own disciples forsook him and fled. It was the day of Christ's atoning sacrifice for the world. It was the day on which men seemed to turn the face of hatred toward heaven, and God turned the face of love toward the earth. It was the day of the cross. There have been and there are various theories of the atonement of Christ for men, but the one that is plain and true and simple so that we can all understand it is the statement of the great Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.3. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. We can all believe that. Really, we need no more than that. There have been many great teachers in the world, but only one Savior. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, said the angel, for he shall save his people from their sins. Matthew 1.21 Since the wages of sin is death, as we read in Romans, the sixth chapter, the only way to save sinners would be to die for them, to take their wages. God could not save sinners as such, for sin is the transgression of the law, we read in 1 John 3.4. The penalty for sin as pronounced by God himself is death, so the sinner must pay the penalty. He must die. I cannot forget the truism that the judge is condemned when the guilty is acquitted. The only way for God to be just, and at the same time the justifier of the sinner, is for that sinner to believe in Jesus as his substitute, and for Jesus to take his place and be treated as he deserved, that the sinner might be treated as Jesus deserved. This is just what our Savior did. He died in our place. It was Dr. Dale, the great English preacher, who once said very beautifully about the work of Jesus, the real truth is that while he came to preach the gospel, his chief object in coming was that there might be a gospel to preach. True it is that it was our Savior's death upon the cross that gives us a gospel, the good news of salvation and brings hope to the world. That's the great truth. And Jesus died voluntarily. Never forget that. God did not force him to do it. Our Savior said, and I'm reading John the 10th chapter, 17th verse beginning, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. 
This commandment have I received of my Father. We must not think of God the Father as demanding the death of his Son as a means of appeasing his own wrath and reconciling himself to us. Far from it. Such a conception of the atonement arises from a perverted idea of the character of God. Never forget that the love of Christ is the love of God. For God was in Christ, said the apostle, reconciling the world unto himself. 2 Corinthians 5.19 God didn't need to be reconciled to us. But we needed to be reconciled to him. God uh, suffered with his son. Yes, he suffered with him in Gethsemane and on the cross. There the heart of infinite love paid the price of our redemption. For it is written, let us all repeat it together, there in Radioland, everyone, join us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, we need to be reconciled to God, not God to us, for God has always loved us. There are those who assert that it's contrary to justice for one to bear punishment to another. But we need to remember that God did not punish Christ for our sins. Punishment implies a moral responsibility, a personal guilt. Jesus was without sin. He was the sinless Son of God. What then shall we say? Jesus voluntarily assumed the penalty for man's sin and met it, but not as a punishment. He freely took the liabilities of those who were bankrupt through sin. He satisfied those liabilities. He did not create them. We're told that the heirs of J. Ogden Armour some time ago discharged about $18 million of personal liabilities of the testator, sacrificing their own private fortune to do it, although there was no legal claim upon them. They did it merely for the protection of the good name of the family. No one could complain that there was injustice in the act, since it was done voluntarily and not under pressure. The parties concerned were universally lauded for their willingness to carry a family burden. This is only a feeble illustration of what we're trying to make plain. But, friends, it does suggest the wide difference between suffering and punishment due another, and voluntarily paying the penalty involved in the conduct of another. God is never unjust. We must remember that righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. Those words are in Psalm 97, verse 2. The principle of solidarity, the representative idea, is fundamental in the gospel of salvation. I mean by that, that all sinned in Adam, so all may be redeemed in Christ. It is plainly taught in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, that the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that one died for all, that is, in behalf of or instead of all. Therefore, all died. The law convicts us all of sin and as worthy of the penalty of death. And while we admit this, we can meet the demand by asserting that we have already paid the penalty. We have already died. How? In Christ, our representative. On the cross, Jesus finished his sacrificial work of redemption. As my personal and dear friend, Pastor J.S. Washburn, so beautifully wrote in his song, On the Cross. 
Suppose now, for just a moment, that the 27th chapter of Matthew is a door, and we open it and walk back into another day, the day of the cross. We come to a place called Calvary. There's a cross there. What do we see inscribed upon it? If we look through human eyes alone, we see the words written by Pilate, words which he refused to change. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. But surely we see more there. If we read a little more carefully, read between the lines, what do we see? The wages of sin is death. These words are written in letters of blood. Here at the cross, God's condemnation of sin was written in terms that could be understood by every created being in the universe. The only way to save us was to die for us. Christ's enemies never said a truer thing than when they said he saved others himself he cannot save there's something else though we read there we read grace establishing the law grace mercy justification we read there on the cross God is love only because it's inscribed also the wages of sin is death but we're still at the place called Calvary we notice now there are three crosses there. And the one in the center is Jesus of Nazareth. On either side of him a thief. The scripture says he was numbered with the transgressors. Is there any mark of distinction between them? Yes, one distinction. Jesus wears a crown, a crown of thorns. This was the final contemptuous fling of those who hated him. The wreath of thorns. Do we not read in the great book of God that thorns were the evidence of the curse in the beginning? Nature's own testimony to man's sin? And here on the cross, the crown of thorns declares that he who now is king of kings and lord of lords bears the curse for us. As we stand there on the hill and look at the cross in the fleeting light of that day long ago, we remember that Calvary was foreshadowed from the very beginning of time. It was the blood of the Lamb in ancient Egypt that brought protection to every home in Israel. It was the blood of the Lamb and Abel's sacrifice that found God's favor. 
It was the shed blood on the altars of the temple that pointed forward to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There's a day coming when a man will find that the blood of Christ is the only badge of honor. So, friends, you may wear the square and compass. You may wear the triple link. You may wear the woodman's axe. You may know every grip from the thumb to the fingers and the whole two hands. You may have every sign and symbol of every human organization, but none of these will answer in the coming day. God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. There was no therapeutic value in looking at the brazen image there in the desert when the Israelites were bitten by the fiery serpents. It was an act of faith. The very symbol of the poison death became the agent of healing and life. And so Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, was made to be sin for us, identified with it and with sinners, that he might take our place before the broken law of God. And we're to look to him in faith, find forgiveness, healing for the dis-ease of sin, and life for death. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, cried the prophet. It seems to me today that I can hear my mother's voice singing the words of the hymn. There's life in a look at the sacred cross. Jesus has said, look unto me. That's it. Look unto him. Will you not, friend, just now, wherever you are, look and live? Will you not bow your head and your heart before Jesus, crucified, and say, Lord, I do believe? Help thou mine unbelief in Christ's name. And so we may share in the salvation proclaimed on the day of the cross. sacred cross Jesus has said look unto me earth with its riches is only dross bright treasure beyond through the cross I see in a look there's life for thee in a look at Calvary Blessed thought, salvation free. By a look at Calvary. When first to the Savior I raised my eyes, sweet was the smile that fell on me. Oft as the clouds of temptation rise, a look at the cross, still my strength shall be. In a look, there's life for thee. In a look at Calvary. Blessed thought, salvation free. This is Orville Iverson of the Voice of Prophecy with this encouraging word. God is always near, so keep looking up, going forward in faith. Have faith in God when the day of the cross came. Have faith in God 
Christ bore our woe and our shame. Have faith in God, life never again the same. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this broadcast has served to give you spiritual strength. And now we invite you to join us again next week, same time, same stations, for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. And to all we say, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.